Okay, okay, okay. Versatile Vigilante, Young Vince, Uncle Vinny, in here with a very special guest, the man of the hour, Mayhus. What up, guys? Excited to be here, man. Thank you for having me. My guy. Appreciate you coming out, man. This is a conversation been looking forward to for a while. Uh, definitely excited for this. Me too, man. We've had to reschedule because of me a couple times, <laughs> so I apologize. But Soft, man. I'm glad to be here. Schedules are meant to be fluid, man. Yeah, they are. More or less. <laughs> More or less. Exactly. So, yo, before we get into, like, uh, the me- the big stuff, I want to first understand, like, where did you come up, man? We, we talked about it yeah. a bit before, and it blew my mind, but I want yeah. to hear that. So, man, uh, I'm a Mississauga kid, Peel baby, born and raised, you know, Peel side. Um, yeah, I grew up basically, uh, my parents first came here when I was one year old. We were up in Scarborough for, like, a year. Don't even remember that. And then we moved to Clarkson. Uh, then I was at 5 and 10 Paisley, actually, for about a, a decade, and then moved to, like, Blur Dixie by Dixie Mall. And my parents are now somewhere up by uh, by Meadowville. So all, a, a lot of jumping, moving around. Um, I personally don't live in Mississauga anymore, but this is what I consider home. Yeah. This is the come-up. Uh, is that what you meant? Yeah, man. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's where I came Specifically up. the East Mississauga yeah. part because exactly grew up in essentially the same neighborhood. I don't think we ever met as kids, but... No. Fucking sick that you know. Yeah. Well, you grew Fugate? Yeah, Burnham Thorpe no and Fugate. Yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man. Grew up, uh, bro. My whole my whole life. Where would you go to high school? Pocock. Oh, where you ninety seven? Ninety five. Oh yeah, you're, bro. So you know all the homies that. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. You know all the homies. Yes, okay, sir. Because cool, cool. a lot of like Havenwood guys came to Pocock. Yeah. Yeah, bro, that's my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up with two, like, homeless and them. Yes, sir. Shout out Tyrell, man. <laughs> Shout that's, out homeless, uh, man. Yeah, I knew all those guys, man. I grew up in that old. area. Shout out East Mississauga, man. Quick yeah. plug for that. <laughs> um, so, yo, you grew up in Mississauga, but you are a man of many traits. I don't even know what the fuck to call you, bro. You can just, yo, a lot of people ask me, so what do you do? What do you define yourself as? Bro, plain, simple, I'm a man like Mehus. Like, that's, I'm just Mehus. And there's no limit or box you can put on that energy just because I don't like giving myself just one limited form of creative expression. Right. And a lot of things that I do are purely based creative. So I'm a, a, a creative. Point blank, I'm a 360 creative, meaning I enjoy creative elements of all trade. But at the same time, what I see myself as is a project manager of these creative talents, right? So when you're dealing with, like, managing creatives, egos, and teams, you have to know when to lead and when to obviously take a B-roll and play your part. And that's where having so many creative talents comes into play, right? When you're doing bigger projects with bigger budgets, events, uh, different kind of projects that require ongoing budgets and people to be paid out, you know when you got to highlight your talents or something as simple as like getting a, an event poster made. You know, I do graphic design, but if I know someone that's better than me, I'm gonna go hire them from the budget to do the poster because I want the best final product. Right. Whether that mean not contracting myself for a skill, it's fine. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, no, I definitely creative project get that, manager bro. is what I what I call creative myself. Creative project manager, not limiting yourself. Yeah. 100%. No labels. No labels. I love that, bro. But like coming up in Mississauga and shit. What was the first thing that you saw in yourself that you like to start creating? Like, were you a kid that was drawing all over the place? Yeah, so that's it's interesting. I actually was that that kid who was just 
like a crazy manic child from an episode of Art Attack. That's exactly my childhood running around the crib. Yo, huge shout out Art Attack. Rest in peace, the goat Neil Bushman. He, he died. You didn't know whole fam. He Art passed. Attack. Yeah, Neil no Bushman. That fucking my, way. Yeah, fam. So. What an amazing show. It was one of the greatest shows of all time. In twenty minutes. Yo, imagine that show minutes. now on TikTok. It would have been crazy. At the same time, though, I just feel like it wouldn't have been valued as much. Very because true. Because we're in such a fast-paced environment Very now, true. the attention span is retaining like 15 seconds of content. What a fucking show, bro. That was a beautiful show. It's taught me more about art, art theory, and art history than any school class ever could, you know what I mean? Real shit. That guy was doing stuff where I'm like, I have no idea what it's going to look like at the end. It's going to be sick. Like, I'm just no like, doubt. how did you do that? Be- bro, I haven't thought about that show in years. Bro, I'm going to watch that throwback. Yeah, same. <laughs> Going <laughs> home, watching Art Attack, man. That's amazing. Okay, sick. So you're watching Art Attack? And yeah, so I was watching Art Attack. I was running around crayons, color pencils, permanent markers in hand, just, you know, vandalizing as a little brown yes, kid sir. does. Um, and obviously my parents didn't like art because they come from a very, like, heavily religious background. So it kind of came to a point where, like, I had to step back from visual art specifically. But one thing I kind of always found solace in growing up was poetry. And mm. Poetry I've been writing for as long as I can remember. Um, if there's a creative craft I had to pick and cut everything else, like, it's not even a debate. Well, I mean, it might be between poetry and, like, design, but poetry is, like, my, my main craft. And everyone's gifted with something. I think I was gifted with the aptitude of just understanding language and poetry from a young age. And what that kind of grew up into as as I was kind of going through the school system is, was just kind of an escape, right, for me to vent, have a creative expression I could kind of keep to myself. And then eventually... Um, Fun fact, actually, I never really listened to hip hop or music till like grade eleven. Like I listened to music, but okay. I wasn't like a music head, right? Right, right. So growing up from like grade seven to like ten, all I really listened to was grind time, King of the Dot, rap battles, and my poetry. Um, the style of writing and the techniques is heavily based on battle rap, and you can hear it. It's more aggressive. It's more like true. Call it flow tree. It's almost kind of like rap. Right. Um, so that's where a lot of my creative ex- inspiration comes from, and it's a little big part of my environment growing up. So it was a hu- played a huge factor in my writing, right? And then eventually when I got into high school, a bunch of the homies were kind of on the same wave. So I remember, man, I remember probably like after November grade 9 for like a year, year and a half, all we did was just like freestyle battle at lunch. And like that gave me so much that confidence. That was a wave for sure. Yeah, right? And like 100%. it was just like you have the, the homies doing the – Yes. The, I can't I can't even do it. Everyone <laughs> was really like, yeah, I watched 8 Mile many times. We're doing this shit. You know? 100%. That, it's such a – it was such a cultural thing, right? Like, yeah. Like, you know, back when, like, the Dougie and the Jerk were popping, it's like it was just like a, a communal thing. Like, oh, there's a rap battle after school. Everyone pull up. And, like, miles away, 30 minutes to drop two lines. And everyone like, yo. <laughs> Real shit. That – yeah, that's a fact, yeah. man. I remember that stuff. 100%. So that's kind of where, like, I guess my – Creative inspiration comes from growing up. Uh, I was always a creative. Uh, I had to kind of hone back. And that's kind of where I felt there came, like, conflict internally in my life when I had to suppress my creativity, right? When I had no consistent creative outlet, that's when I found that I was someone I'm not or at least acting like that. And there's obviously, like, struggles of uh, an angsty youth that we all go through growing up. And that kind of transpired um afterwards which just led me to believe that creativity like your art saved my life you know art is like a really big part of my life and i think it's important to celebrate it it absolutely is Mm -hmm. man that's a great point that you touched on where it's like when you're not doing something you really love to do 
you're not at your best. 100%. 100% agree with that, bro. Like, every you got to do what you love to do every day. Or you're not yourself. Yeah. Or you're not it's yourself. true, man. Do you feel like other? it was hard to explain that or other people couldn't quite understand that? Honestly, to this day, bro, people don't understand me as a person. And I have no issue with that. Like, yo, be, being misunderstood is just a part of it, mm-hmm. right? Like, when you're... Like, how do I explain this, bro? Like, people ask why I do so many things, why I'm involved in so many things, why I have my hand in every little thing. Um, there's a saying, actually, and everyone quotes it to me, but they quote it to me incomplete. The saying is, and I get this, the jack of all trades is a master of none. Right? That's what they tell me. But that's not the whole quote. See, the real quote is that a jack of all trades is a master of none, but still better than a master of one. And... Let me just break it down like this, okay? You look at 50 Cent, you look at Diddy, you look at LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, you look at the biggest entrepreneurs in the world, right? They're known for their come up, 50, Diddy, the rap game, you know, the music label, Death Row, all these things. Then you look at LeBron, Wade, um, you know, their upcoming was basketball. That's how they gained the majority of their wealth. But now you look at their post um, their post investment life where it's like, yo, what did you do with that money? Right? Look at 50, right? 50 has his hand entertainment, liquor, music, film, television, Diddy, like music, film now, right? Like sure. these guys have their hands in so many different industries. And the difference between me and these guys is just the manpower and team around them. Right? If I had that kind of, those kind of resources, I'd be making those moves too. Right? Yeah. So when people ask me why I do so many different things, it's because, yo, I'm aiming at a level that, no offense, you probably can't even comprehend, right? That you can't fathom because you don't see yourself there. And that's where the first disconnect comes. It's like, yo, if you, like we were talking about earlier, right? If you can imagine a life better than your current circumstances, you can create it. And I'm constantly working towards that. I'm focused on that and bringing it to fruition. I'm a very idea-focused person in the sense like, yo, you got to come by my, my spot sometime, bro. I have uh, my workroom. And the four walls of this room are just covered in whiteboards, notes, and it's like a madman's house. And that's how I think. I think very, like, visually. And I know the second I write something down on the paper, I'm a step closer to manifesting into reality. So I just do that, and I attack until I figure it out. And when people ask me why I do so many different things, they don't understand what I'm I'm trying to do. Like, I am a mogul. I'm working towards these things so I can become a bigger mogul. So I'm in a better position financially, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. So I can use my wealth to help others, right? And I think a real measure of wealth and success, it's never about what you have or the material things. It's about how you're able to put the people around you in a position to win, to succeed. That's real influence. Real wealth is influence in saying, I'm going to make a call and say, my homie does that, you're going to break him on, and then now he's eating substantially more money, right? And having that affluence in life and influence, being able to be affluent with your wealth and then influential with who you are and your power is the main thing. Like, you know, power, money, respect, they all go hand in hand kind of. It does. Because you're getting more control over your life. You can't control what's going on outside, but you can have say in what goes on in your life. 100%. Like, you have to know when to say yes and no. Exactly. Real shit, man. I li- I relate to what you're saying to a lot of those points because, yo, you might sound, to someone, you might sound crazy. 100%. And to you, probably know, yeah, I am yeah. a little crazy because I feel that every day. I'm like, yeah, I'm a oh, little no, crazy. Oh, right, no, the right word I'd say, like, everyone's a bit crazy. We just hide it, suppress it, and show it differently than others. Everyone's a little cuckoo. I really do believe that. But one thing That's I will say, a great word to describe me is delusional. Delusional is one of my favorite words because 
having delusional self-belief is what got me to where I am, where I tell people my goals and what I'm trying to do. I'm just like, how the fuck are you going to do that? I'm like, bro, I have no idea, but it's going to happen. And it happens. I yeah. figure it out. And delusion is the perfect word to describe me because that's how I'm able to stay positive all the time. That's how I'm so focused on what I'm doing. And everything is okay, even when it's not, because I'm so focused on creating better than what my current circumstances are. You have to be delusional to do that. It's real shit. You were a basketball, you're a basketball yeah. guy, right? I saw on your IG and shit. And I feel like that's a basketball mentality. Like, yo, 100%. yo, I got, I'm the best. Like, I'm bro, gonna go in put me on a court up. with LeBron. I'm, I'm dunking on him. I'm probably not, but you know, I'm going into the game with that exactly. energy. You know, if you, I'm most likely not like probability and like mathematically, I'm, I'm probably not, but like I'm going into the, the game with that real kind of shit, energy, man. Real shit. I was listening to uh, Barkley talking yesterday, bro, and. Uh, <laughs> love that guy he was saying how interesting to be like a superstar you gotta go into the other city and be be like i'm gonna show you guys something you guys think you have a star here no i'm the real star that fucking killer mentality it's that it's that that dog in you it's that mentality where it's like bro by any means and it's so crazy you say that because yo i found myself this year like I was kind of, I found myself not even really slipping, but just kind of going into old patterns. And I was like, yo, why am I, am I moving like this? Yeah. And it was obviously because, yo, got a new spot, fresh new furniture, you know, life is good, a little lavish. And it's like, I got comfy, right? When I realized I got comfortable, I had to turn on that switch where it's like that killer instinct. And like one day I just woke up and I'm like, bro, I can't believe it. You know, I'm like, you just got to attack and you can never dull that side of you. Like, yo, as men, we're warriors, we're builders. We want to build something we have, but we used to go to war over like, over nothing you know yeah, like bro. we used to we used to strap up with the, the blades and the steel and then everything and go that into side it exists exactly so i feel like honing in and mastering that that killer wolf instinct in, inside you is what really separates the good from the great right and then how long you do it too because like you were saying like yeah god bless now everything's better you know i'm working for myself creatively but for two two and a half years shit was struggle Right? It's about when you're going to give up because if you don't have that tenacity and consistency to see to it for a long time, someone who loves it more than you is going to do it. and They're going to get the outcomes because you quit too early. Facts. You know? You leave the party too soon. Options are limited. You know? Real shit, bro. So you mentioned you, you – I want to go into how you're supporting yourself now. Love okay. that type of shit. But want to hear about the struggle as well. For sure. So that struggle – Talk about a little bit that experience for you. It just, that I feel like it was probably a big growth period for you. Hundred percent. Talk a little bit about kind of that that surroundings. Yeah. So yeah, man. Basically, like long story short, I'm not gonna get too explicit mm-hmm. about it, but you know, there were some bad business decisions I made, trusting the wrong people, which ended me in a pretty messed up situation. I kind of had to live in my office for like a four month period last year, from basically July. 2021 to like november 2021 i had to live in my office and man it was the biggest growth and the biggest delusional period of my life right every day i would go uh, i'd have to hit the gym just to shower walk back 20 minutes and i do this every single day um you know with not even like 10 bones to rub together and eventually it came to a point where like i had to really understand and know yourself because if you know yourself that's when you succeed in life and i I pulled out some old tricks. I pulled out some, you know, old ways I used to make money. And just like that, I was out of the situation because I use my resources to my benefit. And so often in life, we're caught up in 
what's morally just in the eyes of others, what's morally corrupt in the eyes of others. We don't give ourselves a moral compass, right? There's something in my religion and culture called al-Mustaqim, and that means your true north. Right? Al-Mustaqim is like your true north in life. It's your guiding compass, your morals. Your, like Everywhere you go, be the MVP, morals, values, principles. So if you're al-Mustaqim, your moral compass is always pointing to your true north, you're good. So I had to realize that I have different belief systems and different lifestyles than other people. And because of that, I, had to, I could benefit from it. So the struggle eventually became, you know, the reaping of rewards. Um, you know, four months in my office, it was crazy, man. I remember I did some of the craziest events last year, worked with so many big names. And after I'd be planning them, I'd go out and do them. I'd come back and I'd sleep on a cot in my office. And it was insane. And no one even knew this for like until after it happened. And then people were just shocked. It was like, there's no way you did all this and then came back and slept on your office. And I'm like, yeah, I did. Just because it's that killer instinct, man, that mental where it's like, bro, you could knock me down like a million times, take everything I've ever owned, which is pretty much what happened with a business partner. Right. Um, but I'll never, ever kick. You know, I'll just always come back a bit stronger. And that's the difference, right? That's the tenacity. That's people not wanting to give up. How many people in that situation would have been like, fuck this, I'm going to make a minimum wage job? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. done it. But, like, yo, it's it's crazy because I will never see myself less just because of my circumstances. Because I know what I'm capable of, mm -hmm. right? You know what you're capable of. The person watching this knows what they're capable of. I will never in my life see myself as anything less valued than what I really am. And it's obviously it comes like, yo, that was the most doubtful period of my life. Every day, like, I'd fall asleep with, like... This is kind of personal, but like, yo, cold sweats. Like, just thinking, like, yo, bro, how do I get out of this situation? Mm -hmm. Like, how am I gonna make this into something better? And there was so much doubt, so much fear, and then it came to a point where it's like, bro, I really have nothing to lose at this point. Just attack full on. And when I did that, man, the rest is history. <laughs> rest is history. That's a great story, bro. Mm -hmm. I love that you shared that because sometimes it's not a, it's not like a easy thing to share your low oh. points sharing your high points is oh yeah man get get a lot of glory but the low points i feel like is when we really learn you mentioned knowing yourself learning yourself 100%. those low points i think is when most of that is done to be honest man and i think that's what separates again the good from the greats because people that just want to show you the surface level of their life everyone goes through struggles yeah everyone you're yeah, not yeah. gonna show me your highlights on social media act like everything's okay because I know it's not. Yep. So who are you to, like? Who are you trying to prove this to? You, you know? know, like why? And that's real, yeah. man. I think those stories are amazing because. I, and again, I've been I've been in my share of shit where it's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what's going <laughs> no. on? You know, and a lot of the time too, it's like I. It's the result myself. of your own choices, though. You know exactly. what I mean? Like it's it's Signing all the ownership. Shit. It's on you, bro, and that's the biggest biggest factor that people gotta learn like yo your life today is a result of the choices you made a year ago today True. and now everything has a small cyclical butterfly effect it's kind of just planning and playing out and that's what people don't get they think you can just magically wake up one day with a million dollars in your set bro you give any normal person in this world a million dollars will fuck up the bag within a month i'm telling you they will be in debt not even just like oh i got like a hundred left nah they're gonna be like a million debt you know what I mean? People don't understand management. Like, yo, getting money, that's the easy part in life. I swear to God, there's a million ways to make it. You can work a nine to five. You can work a stripper pole. You can work a corner. You can work a print shop. You can work anything you want to get your dollars. But that's only fucking 10% of it. Maintaining it, sustaining it, and developing it into a foundation where you could benefit from with longevity. Bro, that's where you look at who's popping right now. You look at him, her, this, that. They got this on, that on. 
Where are they in five years? The people that were popping five, ten years ago, where are they now? Bro, longevity is what separates the good from the great. You look at an NBA career. Who was there for 10, 15 years consistently dropping 30, 10, and 10 a night? Who was there putting up 25, 8, and 6 every night? Those are the people that are in the Hall of Fame right now, no? 100%. Yeah, and they might not 100%. have been the people that got paid the most or won the most chips, but they were consistent. Right? And that's what separates the good from the great. Shout out Tim Duncan, man. <laughs> you, yo, I love that type of conversation, bro. I love that. Especially what you said about like the average person, a million dollars is 100%. gone. And yo, that's the, those are the type of conversations I hate is when people say, No, oh, I'm going up ten now. Yo, you yeah. can't you can't make ten into a hundred. How are you making exactly a million to ten? Like, yo, exactly. It's the same it's thing. It's not mathing, bro. No, it's, the math isn't not, mathing. Bro. It exactly and uh, I I love that lottery example where most people 100%. that win the lottery either blow it or they're depressed. Why? Because they went from not having any bread or like to having it all, and, and they got a taste natural. of it. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's like you got to work to that. And you know, the craziest part is, fam, if either of us a cock a dumpy for a mill right now in the lottery, we're blowing through half of that, not knowing at the end of the day, Sierra's is like, yo, fam, that's income, eh? At the end of the, the mill, you was 40 points. And you're just like, yo, I'm in debt 400K. I didn't yep. know that. Now you owe the CRA 400K. Otherwise, you're going to the jail with the RCMP. You know, yeah, like, it's man. not a joke. No, it's not. It's not man. a joke. Money is a is a crazy conversation, bro. Money's not real, bro. Money isn't real. Like, yo, we look at, like, I see dollar bills in some of these arts. Like, yo, a dollar bill coming from someone who loves dollar bills and putting them together, stacking them up, whatever. A dollar bill isn't real. It's a promise, right? And money is never yours. Money is only yours until someone has something or a service you value enough to give it to them. And then it's their money until they find someone to give it to for their life. Currency. Currency. It's a bartering system with money now involved as, as annotations of debt, right? Because now you look at real money. It's credit. Everything's went through credit. You can't get a, a mortgage, a crib, a notice of assessment, a pre-approval, anything, unless your credit's like 7, 10 plus. Yeah. Right. So now you're looking at, at as finance in terms of debt. Right. And like the 40s up to like 47, they were valuing the U.S. dollar against the Nixon standard, which is how much gold weighs at the point of time in the country. They don't do that anymore. So what the hell is a dollar worth? You know, what I mean, they they printed 90 percent of the money in like circulation history, some crazy statistic like that in the last two, three years. It, it's insane. It is insane is the word to it's, use. It is because yo people insane aren't waking up to, to understanding this kind of mentality. Like yo, the system is rigged against you since the day you're born. Like since the day you were put into this life, you were not meant to make it out of any circumstantial situation. No. You're meant to keep stay there because that's where they want you. So for people to think I'm gonna be a good Samaritan, I'm gonna do this and get my nine to five and get my mortgage and get, a, bro, you're a fucking lunatic. You're gonna try to play the same system that's rigged against you with no. Gotta be careful with these words. There's no kind of uh, handicap, we'll say, with no kind of tool or resource supplementing you to have a little edge. Not on your yes. peers, because you're not competing with your peers, you're w competing with the system, right? When you go in for a mortgage approval and they're saying like, yo, you have to make a certain amount of money to get half a mil for a house, right? You're competing with that system where you could have the flow for it, but because you can't prove a stupid document, you can't buy a house, you're, you're fighting against a system that's not going to give you the credit to go get a car. You cannot buy in cash because of a technicality. You know what I'm trying to say? It's stupid, bro. It is. It, so it is crazy. And that's why I like also going back to what you said, where it's like you had nothing to lose. That's a huge reason why. Like, why not bet on something that the reward is very high and oh. the risk? Yo, even, you know what? I'll What's the what. real risk? 
you're still doing your thing. Like, you're still trying. You're still putting yourself out there. Like 100%. And that's the thing, bro. A lot of times, people would take a guarantee, even though it's lesser done, just so they feel safe and secure. Yeah. Then take the risk and go get what they really want. Because, yo, people are like, yo, I'm afraid of failure. Right? I, and I'm not afraid to admit that because failure before, it used to get to my head. I'm a winner. I like winning. So before failure would put me in a rut, a mental decay. And I'd be like, yo, what do I got to do different? But now, every loss is a lesson, right? And if you look at life like that, you're not losing. Every dub that comes your way, you got to readjust, refocus, reattack. Every loss that comes your way, readjust, refocus, reattack. Real shit. That loss is now experience. 100%. People don't want that. It's it, And isn't that, that to me, is crazy. Like, bro, experience is real money. Like, experience is, oh, I've been through this before. Yeah. I so know I can do, do it. Exactly. Like, the fear of, like, the fear is from not knowing. But if you do it before, even if you fuck it up, you're like, I'm going to do this a little differently next time. I'm going to get it. Yeah. You know, it's that fucking in, indecision, I think. That's the real bad Yo, shit. Indecision is such a, a killer of ambition, of life, of dreams, of goals, of everything. Just because while you're sitting around sulking for five, ten hours a day if you could do something, some guy's really fucking out there doing it. He's really out there saying, Real I fucking shit. suck, but I'm going to suck at something until I'm good at it. That's, people don't want to do it. They don't want to suck at something. And I blame social media because everyone wants to go into their industry. They want to go out wherever they're doing and be at the top. I'm top dog now. I have nice things, nice materials so I can flex all these accolades to social media. And it's so interesting because no one understands that the process to get there is what really defines you. The 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years that you do these things, the mountain climb is what defines you as a person, the caliber of your performance, the relationships you foster, the people you know, your network. And people want to skip all that, not knowing that that's the sauce. That's the whole thing. That's the whole, like, that's all Everything. it is, right? The process and the journey. And it's there's an interesting saying that... Uh, that a buddy of mine um, brought to me, and it's it's very, very true. Um, we're talking about mountain climbs and mountain peaks, right? And I told him, like, yo, uh, a lot of people in life enjoy mountain peaks longer, uh, better, because they want to show people what they've done. But at the same time, they don't realize that mountain climbs are the whole journey. Mountain peaks are probably 10, 15 minutes of your life, and then boom, back to it, right? What people, what he said in that retaliation to that, he's like, yo, everyone's climbing a mountain, right? But are you climbing this mountain so you can see the world or so the world can see you? Right? And that this is like this happened a, a while back and this jolted my perception to a completely different level. And so often we're put through life with these chips on our shoulder just to kinda prove everyone wrong and prove ourselves right. We lose track of why we started. Right. And this is kinda where I started going like super, super private with like my creative projects and what I'm doing and it's it's insane, man. It's so insane how like these little like cliches and like these thoughts of life change the trajectory of your life overnight there i have a fucking thing on my sh my podcast called cliche gang and i okay. shout out big juice we were just talking about this they're cliches because they're true yeah they, they work. work they work simplicity i feel like simplicity is looked down upon no less is more less, less is, is more man it's real shit Yo, you work a lot right now with uh, branding. Like, mm -hmm. I see you do bags for <laughs> local entrepreneurs. Brand, local <laughs> entrepreneurs, you know, all different merchandise and yeah. stuff. Do you feel like uh, working with different brands, do you get to see what works and what doesn't a little bit? Is it's that a like, cheat code. Cheat it's code. a cheat code because now I, 
bro, branding and merch specifically are some of my favorite collaborations. Right? I couldn't collaborate on an art piece for someone because I would lose my mind mm. trying to understand what the hell they want me to make. When it comes to something as commercial and standstill as branding, in the sense that's very clear cut, it's either you like it or don't. Yes, it's cool to see. Like if you and I were to collaborate on some merch for VV, right? What we could cook up. Gonna happen by the way. Gonna happen by the way. We're gonna what we could cook up the designs, the branding, the color choice, the fabric, the textile print, all these little things. I mean, an amalgamation of both our choices. So it's cool to see what we could cook up together. Yes. So branding is a cheat code because all these little cool ideas people give you, like the font, the placement of something, color, light. You can incorporate into your own style, and that's a cheat code because you're going through all the bad ideas at a rapid rate. Because with your like, yo, design for me boils down to one thing and one thing only. It's the use of positive and negative space, right? And how I see that isn't how someone that's not experienced in design is going to see it. So when you go back and forth with this design knowledge base and this rule base in your mind, you know what works from an aesthetic pleasing point of view and what doesn't. So you can pick all the bad ideas instantly. And as you do that, you get better. At, you start seeing what's working with someone's personal style and what you can incorporate to your own. Because as you develop other brands, you get a better understanding of your brand. Very good. That's yeah. an excellent cheat code. Yeah, trust me, it is. And I think it leads back to experience again. 100%. Just see more. And that's like see another thing shit. with like why I choose to do so many things. Because, yo, I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Bro, I'm fucking 27. Like, mm -hmm. I'm young. I'm, I'm ambitious. I've worked a really hard long time to get to where I'm at and I'm working even harder to go where I'm meant to go and I don't know if I'm going to spend the rest of my life branding doing merch doing interviews I don't know if this is what I'm going to want of myself in 6-12 months I don't know what opportunity could present itself so it's so important not to have regrets in the sense that I, I don't want to look back on a 50 something and say yo I really fucking liked photography I should have you know picked up the camera more Yeah, I'm going to do it now when I have the time to fuck up and make mistakes and be like oh man that wasn't it it's all good let's get back on the let's get back to it right i have that time and i have that that safety net right now not much though because you know everything's on me but i still have a bit of a safety net because it's not like i'm fucking 40 with kids a wife and a family that's and i'm running around and i have that intrinsic the regret that's yeah. Now manifesting itself into like an ugly life you know like i don't i don't want to live like that yeah i don't want to wake up one day and be like yo i could have done more it's very true and you know what's sick about this type of shit too experimenting now mm -hmm. when you're that age you'll still be experimenting with oh, shit because you've already because you got yeah see you, you get know? it because at that age it's gonna be so much bigger though exactly bro mm -hmm. i uh do you know who neil young is i'm familiar legendary like canadian rock star basically okay. i've always been a huge fan of his okay. he's just like a guy that does his own thing since like just the 60s guy. bro okay and uh basically a documentary came out of his last year and they recorded an album in a barn him and his band they're all in like their 60s and 70s now i watched it they're all smoking weed with each other chilling with each other fucking around just experimenting and it made me happy bro i'm like these guys are doing the same thing they were doing when they were 20 as exactly. they're doing 70 and i'm like that why like why not man because yo, you're doing it yo you gotta connect with your inner child man. exactly 100%. exactly that shit inspired me i'm like yo life doesn't end after you're a certain age Fuck and it, no and it doesn't end if you're not successful by a certain age either exactly and man. so that's social media's fault you know we're so used to wanting all these accolades and material things these things where it comes to like flexing what you have yes. and who you're with we're in such a, uh, a materialistic society that people don't understand that 
none of these people are probably living that life. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's all rent. Or it's like, just, exactly. It's just for the look of yeah. it, you know. And it's, it's sad, but some people would actually look successful rather than be successful. Yo, to me, that's their loss. Yeah. Their loss, man. When crunch time comes, it exposes. Fourth quarter, right? Fourth quarter, Fourth man. Fourth quarter, like, it's another. It's can hide. The good, you know, what defines a great from a Hall of Famer is what they do in the fourth quarter. It's the biggest life lesson I've learned. Love this is the fourth that. quarter push, bro. Who wants it the most? Yeah, you work 20 hours a day for nine months, but what you do in these next three is what matters the most, right? It's the difference between yes. having a 25K year and a 100K year. I've seen it, right? I've seen people do it where it's like, yo, I made 20 up until September, and then I made 80 in quarter four, and it's like, okay, well, that's a push. You know, like I've experienced hectic numbers too in the fourth quarter because you don't let your foot off the gas. People think, ah, yes. Oh, yes, it's September. Let us go Thanksgiving shopping and Halloween haunting and prepare for you know, Christmas and New Year's and his bar mitzvah. And here's, and it's like, nah, man. Nah, ultimate man. Grind that's, that's where the trap is, right? You grinded nine months to make, what, 45, 60, and now you're going to blow that in three months? You're just a victim of the system, brother. <laughs> you know, you're just a victim of the system. And it's like, it's not like... You know what I'm trying to say? Absolutely, yeah. man. I p- literally split my years up into quarters. That's, yeah. And, yo, I'm not saying this to say I'm doing this the right way no. at all. It's 100%. the right way for me because of figuring out ways of, okay, this is what I got to do. Like, I mm. got to do this because there's only three months in a quarter. 100%. So if I don't, it goes into the next quarter. And it, you know what I'm saying? It snowballs. And, yo, that's the most important thing what you did a year ago defines your life today so if you were on some fuckery the fuckery snowballing and the accountability is running up to you right but if you're on the right path kept your your moral compass true you're bubbling right you're building you're adding foundation real shit bro when you were starting to roll like really like get gain some traction into what you're doing um how did that change did that do you feel like that changed anything you're doing you just started to see okay i knew it would work let's keep going so yo that's actually a very interesting lesson i had to learn um when like i kind of did the biggest bigger events at objects and uh, you know a couple galleries after that shout out objects yeah shout out objects um i gained a lot of a lot of traction a lot of new following um a lot of people but what i also gained were distractions right mm-hmm people that saw what I built for myself and they kind of wanted to come in on it and just, you know, let me do all the work and do the hard work. And that's a big lesson I learned. Like, yo, when you're really on your path and working towards something, people are going to come and try to distract you, try to get in on it just because they feel like they have some kind of right to it, right? And learning to say no was my biggest thing where it's like, honestly, bro, it doesn't align with what I'm trying to do. It doesn't align with me or where I'm going. That sounds like a you thing, best of luck. And that was the biggest thing before I couldn't do it. I would just spread myself too thin. I'd say yes to everything. I'd be like, yeah, I'm helping him, her, him, him, him. And what would it leave me with, bro? Stress, falling behind on deadlines, unfinished projects, late rent, because now I'm not taking care of what I got to take care of. And when it came to a point, like, I think this was like not last December, yeah, that's when I really stepped back and said, bro, a lot of, I'm a very impressionable person. Like, you know, know yourself. I know this. The people I surround myself with, they have a huge influence and toll on me, and I know that. So this is when I started stepping back and just having my own mentality and mind kind of grow and, you know, like manifest in actuality. And that's when things really started clicking for me because it's like, 
this person doesn't even want the kind of lifestyle you're working towards. They're going to burn out in six months. And Facts. that's what happened. They couldn't keep the commitment they made to me where it's like, yo, I'm going to be here for this many hours. I'm going to drop this much bread on this, whatever. And they fell behind. And then when I'm making all the moves and all the results, they want to get on it, right? It's, it's a fucked up thing, but that's when you got to be careful because after a certain point, bro, everyone's going to try and come and take the cake you built. And it's not fun. It's real shit, and to not think about it, I think, is naive. It is. Like, <laughs> like everyone's prepared for fam, that. Life isn't some fucking kumbaya. Money makes the nah, world man. go around and pays people's bills. Like, people kill, rob, steal for this shit. Like, it's not a kumbaya. So when people come on these kind of tips, it's like, yo, the eye, you know about the eye? Another, yes. it's very yes. real. The eye is very real. And one way, I, I can't say I've, like, managed to figure out a way to beat it, but one thing I've learned is I will never be able to just stop attracting the eye like i could just go ghost never do anything again but people would give you the eye just because like yo why is this guy doing well why is this guy fucking have this why does this guy get this opportunity too, yeah because you know why is because i fucking put in the work it's because i fucking sat there for fucking how many hours days weeks and months and fucking grinded sweat blood and tears and you don't have that that tenacity in you it's not that you don't have it you don't want to you don't want to use it everything i have is like a direct result of what i've built within myself and people think it's like they, they they envy you for it, not yeah. knowing I walked from my office to the gym four months in a row daily just to shower. They like how many people would have folded? Most right, and I fold, yo, I don't get it wrong, bro. I folded many times, like yo, I folded time and time again, but I picked myself back up. You folded your hand, you didn't leave the game. No, hundred percent, because that you know? I, this is my life, That's bro. Two different from things. From me, bro. Yo, it's that movie. I love the hustle, bro. I love the process. I love the fucking. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of hustle, man. A Absolutely, lot of. Bro, man. I love the fucking hustle. I love. Bro, it's a, this shit's a game to me, bro. Like, I get up and I, there's five tenants and principles I work on daily spiritual health, mental health, emotional health, physical health, and financial health. In that order. If my mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical aren't good, my financials is not going to be good by default. Right. So every day I wake up, I try to, I, pr I process, I want to build these things daily. And it all boils down to three things. How do I build my mind, body, and soul? Do one thing for each of them daily. My mind, write and declutter. My body, work out, rest. And soul, meditate and let go of what's not serving you. And people, I don't know how to explain this, but it's, it's not like they don't want better from themselves. It's just, yo, they're accepted the circumstance they're in and they don't see past it. And I was just as much of a victim to this as anyone else until you get that jolt where serious change comes from like a, a place of utter and true disgust or like Absolutely. it's a heavy emotion that Absolutely. snaps you out of it and says, bro, there's no way I'm living like this. You know what I mean? That's literally what it is, bro. I went through that. Word, eh? Talk to me about that. Yo, it's essentially what, what you were saying. You know what? Okay, I'll tell you a good story. Like, there was a time, I'd say especially, like, probably three to five years ago in that range where I'm realizing, I'm like, yo, where I am right now, there's something missing. And it's me that's missing. Yeah, like, I'm just uh, not doing enough. And it wasn't even, like, doing enough. It was... Doing what you're really meant to do, yes, right? Yes, yes. And you know what, bro? I was realizing, I was, I think I was going through some shit where it's like, oh, man, high school's over. The, the, the good days are done. Like, college is over. The good days are done. And then one day, I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, no, no, I can't, life started, bro. Yeah. Life just started. And then I would continue to have this happen, you know, little, little signs of saying, yo, fuck it, man. Like. Let's just do it. There's times even here, bro, where I'd be dolo and I'm like, man, this is, this is not easy, but this is my time. Like, yeah. I'm earning 
what I'm here. Like, I felt better in those difficult, like, where I'm like, fuck, this is a lot of work than I did before when I wasn't doing shit. Because there's passion. Exactly. That's the difference. The, the, the feeling like, oh, man, I'm working so hard. I'm tired. It's a better tired than when you're not doing shit and you're feeling missing, you know? Like, yeah. You, you you know what I'm kind of saying? Like 100%. That man. work, bro. It's fulfillment. It's, ti- it's fulfillment. fulfillment. It's hard. It's tiring. It's not easy by any But it's any passion. Means. Exactly. That's what so t- keeps you going. Bro, I know, like, yo, the people I chill with, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Like, yo, my circle's actually, like, a couple homies I work at the studio with. Um, you know, shout out Moonlight. Uh, a couple of other homies I have, like, in the city. Um, but, yo, for the most part, my circle's, like, 35, 40-year-old people, men, like, you know, at the top of their game yeah. with families, kids. And the reason I like chilling with these guys is because, one, they're older, but they never let their inner child die. They're, mm-hmm. they're fucking goose. Like, we crack trucks all day. You know, we kick yes. it. Um, but, two, bro, is because, like, yo... These guys can teach you more, right? And in life, it's so important. Like, as someone who grew up in the ghetto, my parents came to Canada with $30 in their pocket, wanted to give their kids a better life. I never knew what I was working towards. When you have that kind of hustle and ambition and you're putting towards a blind drive, you're meant to burn out. Because, you know, like, if you're driving, you have a lot of drive, literally, and you have no direction, you're going to fuck up. Doesn't matter how fast or slow you're going, right? So in order to be around more, you have to know people who have more, who have experienced more, who can teach you this game, at no cost, right? Why would you go out and make all your own mistakes, all your own trial and error when you can just ask big homie and say, bro, I'm trying to draw 50 on this. Is it a good idea? Nah, what you do is boom, boom, boom. You go get a couple of these, boom, boom, rental, boom, boom, and you're good, right? And there's stuff like this where it's like, I ask these guys and like they tell you straight up, it's like, bro, you're an idiot, don't do that. And they do it out of love, right? Cause they don't want to yeah. see me fail. They tell me, and it's like, I'm going to them like, yo, this is a sick idea, fam. These guys are gonna love it. And they're like, nah, why would you do that? Do like this, boom, boom. And it's like, their understanding of the game, uh, you know, like life, business, their business acumen, and their just understanding of people overall has saved me from so many headaches, right? Like, I trust, there are situations where I trust, like, yo, I trust my intuition so much, but there are times where I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to listen to what he's saying because he knows better. Yes. He knows better than exactly. I ever would because They've he has done that, it already. that 15, 20 years he has on me is the, all these mistakes I'm about to make, he's showing me not to. It's so impressive to me when I see, like, someone a little older than me there's there's a few people I've met in my life where I'm like I can't tell if you are having an amazing day or a terrible day and I love that bro like yeah. I respect that especially in a day and age where it's like social media rants you know shit <laughs> for clicks whatever <laughs> to be on your worst and best day the same awesome. like at least like you know that's amazing to me yes, bro. that's the that. mental fortitude that yes, resilience is that that kobe mentality man that's what life is about for me exactly, bro it's just bro. about that mental killer grit where it's like bro you could burn this building down but i'm clawing my way out and i'm rebuilding it with the wood timber and ashes i find exactly. you know like fuck it's, it fuck it <laughs> like yo i'll shoot two for ten tomorrow i'll shoot eight for ten right like, like it's still you're still, you're still 50% back now, you know <laughs> yo mean? real shit you still had 20, 10 for 20 uh, i remember this guy um i took a course one time and he said the realest shit some people i think would take it as oh that's like <coughs> excuse me laziness yeah yo take this quote in don't let um good enough don't let perfect get in the way of good enough 100 percent, bro you as humans, we strive shit. for perfection so often. And, yo, I am so guilty of this. It is not even funny. Like, I strive to have my projects, my output, everything perfect. But that's not realistic. 
we have to let go of this idea that anything is ever going to be perfect no, and man. just work with what we have. That's so much more important, like utilizing your resources in an efficient manner. You'll be at, I feel like you'll be more happy too, like just have 100%. peace with yourself too. Like, yo, this was pretty good. Yeah. Now we can go and do something else right? now, you know? Like, Life is but, about seasons and change, man. Life is yeah. just about like it's forever going and it's forever growing and forever glowing. And it's like, are you going to stay stagnant or are you going to grow with it? Seasons change and so must die. Yeah, facts. Real shit, bro. So, yo, the poetry stuff. <laughs> when you started with that, were you performing right away or was it just written for a while? So, yo, bro, I actually hit it from the world for like 15 years. And yeah. and then, uh, like, around high school, I kind of did a bit of it. I performed a bit of it in high school and I kind of went fell back into my shell. And I kind of just popped out one day at Objects. That was my first performance in, like, 10 years since That's high school. Sick. And everyone was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I kind of do this poetry thing and, like, I but got you had been writing consistently. Fam, like I'm gonna pull up Always. my phone for you right now, and I'm a notes guy too, bro. Yeah, Very fam, this is just like my rap bars, flowetry. Yeah, and then my actual poetry. Like I could read something if you want, but like yo, it's it's deep, bro. Like it goes far, far back. I love that, bro. Yeah, That's relatable. Seeing that in my phone, all notes and shit. Trust me, like it's notes. gotta put put the the energy somewhere yes it, yeah exactly man so you were writing a ton bro I, I write probably like i write poetry more than i do anything else and Sick. it sounds insane to say because like people don't see it but like bro i wake up and if i have a good ski like a rhyme scheme in my head like write that shit napalm great qualms eight arms like i go right and see what i could do with it right and like i do that and there's a day i spend like the first four or five hours just like writing i'm like oh shit i gotta run and it's like it's a passion you got lost in right hell yeah, yeah. that's fun man it is how yeah. was the like when you got that good reception from objects what was the next thing for you oh man that was just like the, the pushing factor yeah. like you know i'm like yo people really rock with this like it's just it's just words that i've been sitting in my notes for a decade now let's write some new ones i put them out i started doing more open mics around the city performing more and then i dropped my my first poetry project which was basically a, a poetry book with nine pieces of poem and art, as well as a poetry album with the same nine pieces recorded on all distrib distribution services like Spotify and Apple. Oh. And then I put that out. And I got a lot of good reviews. Um, I sold a decent amount of books. Um, and then I kind of fell back into my shell, not because I don't want to put it out, but because my resources didn't match my vision. Like what I'm thinking in my head of how I want my poetry and my art form to be experienced, my resources couldn't get me there. Right. But now because, you know, obviously things are a lot better and like I'm a lot more tapped in with these different creative hubs that can help bring this life vision into life and fruition, sorry. It's become like a, a non-training gear. So I'm working on like another project right now. And uh, it's been good so far, um, very early stages. I don't want to give away too much, but it's gonna be a very cool project you can see visually. Um, and for the most part, it's going to be, it's kind of like a magnum opus. Sick. Yeah. And like, okay. the reason I want it to be like that is because up until now, it's like the best art I've ever made. But I know while I'm growing as a person, a creative and an artist, it's only going to get better. Agreed, bro. The yeah. best art you create is the next one. Right? And Real it's just shit. consistent level up. Good for you, man. I love to hear mm -hmm. that. And that's sick. Like, you didn't do that when you were 15. You did that later age. And that's amazing to see, like... There's no expiration date. There's no time. No, not like, at all. You do whatever. And the big thing difference is like, yo, back then I cared so much of what other people thought that like my self-value with this poetry would have been heavily related to what their reception Absolutely. would have been. But Classic. now when I know myself better, I'm more self-aware and know who I am. It's a no-brainer. You're a kid then, man. Yeah. You're a kid then. You don't know. 
That's real, man. And yo, with the merchandise, so you're wearing your own merchandise right now. So yeah. That's hard. Thank I you. think I need one of those. Yeah, I'm going to get you one of these. All right. Yo, we need, uh, I, I'm going to talk about this yeah. later. I don't want to give out the sauce. No, no, Got a sick collab idea right now. Let's do it, man. Uh, P.O. Paid, though. That's fucking hard. Yeah, so it's uh, it's like the PayPal logo. Yes. P.O. You know, uh, paid. Yeah, shout out to the webmans, if you know what that means. That's fucking hard, man. Shout yeah. out to them. Uh, what was the way, like, you got into this game, though? Like, did you work with someone else? You made your own shit? So, yo, it's kind of interesting how I got into this. I've been doing print for like a couple of years now, but it was just the weed bags, right? Like I've been yeah, doing yeah. them for bigger clients, bigger amounts. And then it came, uh, I actually talked to a gallery 223. Shout out to gallery 223. Um, you know, they had a great print facility. I bought in a couple orders. And then I'm like, yo, this is pretty easy. Um, I started taking on a couple of my own clients. Um, I then moved out to a bigger spot right down the road, actually. Um, it's like a huge print facility that my family friends own. Dope. So they really plugged me in. They started giving me wholesale prices for lower. And it was just kind of like, yo, People think I do so many different things, like there's art, right? Visual art, there's branding, there's design, there's prints. Not understanding it's all one vertically stackable market, yeah. right? And I'm just attacking different points of production throughout. So whether it's ideation, right? Thinking of a creative brand for you, whether it's brainstorming, bringing that creative brand into life or the, its creative direction, picking the right colors and font, or print production, when it's getting your idea printed onto the thing, it's all one process. It's all different one toppings on the pizza. You know what I mean? Like, it's all one process. And you get it, and other people think it's like, yo, what are you doing? You're doing this, and you're doing that, not knowing I have a secret, like, sales pipeline ideation to presentation yes. in my room. Like, it's outlining everything, and it's like, bro, I don't care to be understood anymore. I, I realized this, like, a, a year ago, actually, where it's like, I'm not meant, I, I wasn't put on this earth to un, to have people understand me. Like, you know, no. fuck, fuck being understood, bro. I'm here to project what I understand, right? And through my experience, my voice, people will understand what they need to from their own perspective. Exactly. Being, like, trying to be understood is like, bro. It's a waste of time, bro. You might as well bang your head into a wall. Yeah, you know. Why? Yeah, it wasn't, do you understand yourself? Are you self-aware enough with yourself to look in the mirror and say, bro, I don't like how you're doing this, this, and this. You got to tighten up. People usually exactly. answer is no, right? Exactly, bro. That honesty with yourself is number one. It's not worth it, man. I don't need to explain this to you. I don't need to. Because I really do this. Yeah, Because I, I really, really do, do this. this. You yeah. don't need to come with me, yeah. bro. You don't want to do it. You don't do it. I feel like, though, like, yo, in the past, that has been one of, like, my shortcomings is being too humble. And that has gotten, like, opportunities taken away from me. Yeah. Just because they thought that, like, I couldn't handle it just because of my underwhelmness. When in reality, it's like, bro, I've been doing this for time. I know yeah, what I'm doing. Get the it. fuck off my neck, right? Exactly. So when people see that, they're like, oh, yo, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, this, that. And like, bro, being too humble will, will snatch opportunities right away from you. So that's when I'm like, I had to realize, like, bro, I really fucking do this. I'm not going to have some fucking immature amateur from Timbuktu nowhere come and tell me, like, this yeah, is how Because, yeah, yeah. no, I do this. I have the receipts. I have the numbers to back it up, right? Like a Hall Absolutely. of Fame athlete should. You, uh, yes, you got it. It's stated. It's documented. Yeah, exactly. You need a bit of that arrogance, man. Especially if you. I'd know say what arrogance. Doing. I, I mean, confidence is one thing, but I think arrogance is more about perception, right? Like yes. me popping off, talking my shit, saying I'm good at this, this, that. People will perceive yes. it as arrogance, not knowing exactly. that I'm just grounded and confident with who exactly. I am, right? Exactly. If you say yeah. I got this, oh, you're fucking arrogant. Uh, yo, you know what? The, no, the fastest it. way to piss someone off. Call yourself a genius publicly. Like, I am a genius. And then, like, oh my God, look at this blasphemous human. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. who does he think he is? They it's won't like, even say why you're yeah. wrong. It's like, no, how dare you think yeah. so? It's like, bro, I'm a fucking genius. I know this. <laughs> I embody this. I live this. Yes. You know? And then people know it too. Yeah. But yeah. they don't want to admit it. 
You know, it's when you, bro, people will just hate just because you have a high self-value, self-perception, just because they hate on themselves. They're so miserable, sad, and pathetically insecure that they will hate on someone whose light is shining. They'll say, yo, fuck that guy. Misery loves company, bro. That's why I stay by my dolo. You're speaking my language, man. You're speaking my language. Yo, it's, I'd rather be dolo than around something that's fucking 100%, not bro. a good thing to be around bro if it doesn't align with where i'm going fuck where i'm at because people don't even know where i'm trying to get to so if it doesn't align with where i'm trying to go bro it has no place in my life real shit no place it's true man that's where i think um maybe ruthless is not the right word but nah, if yes, you yes, know, yes 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 like ruthless you know, ruthless this is not good for me don't worry bro, about the it. amount of, it. the amount of friends people yes. People I grew up with that I've cut off ruthlessly just because I understand you are now a liability and dead weight in my life. Not because you're not providing any value because I don't need value for your homie, but because you yourself is pulling yourself down and by association and affiliation, you're going to pull me down. I'm distancing myself and I'm not going to like, yo, there's been situations where I've had to cut ties, but I'm not going to be like, oh, I can't, I can't ever be your friend again. I'm going to, I'm going to cut. No, it's just like, yo, I I distance myself. I step back. I stop linking people. I change my number like every three months. I'm not going to lie to you. And you know it's important yeah, to do these things. Speaking my language. Yeah. Bro. When are you born? Uh, July. Okay. Yeah, what about you? September. Okay. But yo, I feel you on this shit, Damn. man. It's like yo, it's maintenance for bro, me. Bro, life isn't a joke, bro. Like you know, like I really, really have no one to depend on. I really, no. really have no safety net, no plan B, C, D, D. Like yo, it's either this works, or I die trying. And I'm Literally. fine with that. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Exactly, bro. That's it. Like, I'm yo, try exactly. Shout out Fifty Cent again. Yeah, you it's know, facts, hustlers man. ambitions. Shout out Jeezy. Yeah, all these guys, bro. Like, I like what you said. It's not a joke. It's not a fucking joke. Don't play bro. with my shit. And bro, this Don't is this is me. the one thing that like gets me still to this day triggered is when people come see you doing what you're doing, no help, you're fucking nice at it, you're doing sick, then they come in trying to benefit, saying, broski, you know, I like what you're doing with this event, let me come do media. Like, all right, I'll give you opportunity, come through. You put them on the opportunity, and when they get the position they asked for, they can't handle it. Right, and that's such a funny thing, bro. There's been so many times people have been envious, jealous of like what I have and what positions I'm in or what I'm doing, not knowing what it takes to play these positions. Exactly. Look, they really don't know what it takes the mental tenacity the focus the fortitude it takes to be in these high pressure situations where there's four or five hundred people and the fucking toilet's not working at an event there's four or five hundred people and there's a giant liquor spill in the middle of the floor with no wet floor sign there's four or five hundred people waiting outside of an event trying to get in with no security because he's an hour late what are you doing in this situation this is what separates the good from the great a, like a measly person would fold and crumble and say oh my god this isn't my job i'm going home someone built to take on that challenge all right cool someone get a black shirt put up big homie at the front for 10 minutes the security's here get the people coming in clean up the spill and make sure the bars restock because if the bathrooms are st- done you know what i mean there's no one more bar Facts. and all these little things they come with experience they come with Facts. knowing the game knowing how things play out because bro to this day my favorite quote i even forget who i said it if you give me six hours to cut down a tree, I'm spending the first four sharpening my axe. And to this day, bro, deadliest quote ever. Because, bro, when people see the shit I do and the events and the projects when they pop out, they're thinking in real time. Oh, yo, man, just probably just dropped this. Like, a, you know, fam, I'm in my room in my office plotting with mind maps and, and visual boards and this and concept maps. Just plotting for six to nine to 12 months before it's even publicly announced that I'm doing it. 
Exactly, bro. You can improvise on those things because you planned the bones. Right. The main shit. I oh know what God, it is. This is it's the foundation. You can't paint bricks. They got to be real you know bricks. What I mean? Yeah, bro, like, and it's, it's got to be real. The funniest thing is now is like, yo, people have seen the events I've done. They've come to them. They've experienced, you know, the great immersive vibes I bring. But it's like when they come to me, like, yo, how do you do this? But I'm not a gatekeeper. You gotta know how to do it. There's six steps you gotta know: food, drink, security, bartender, venue, lighting, and sound. Simple. You got the sauce for an event right here. Go do it. Now, nah, but fam, I wanna do it like you do this. Bro, I gave you the six things. Fill them out with your own resources. No, fam, but this, uh, okay, bro, see here, what's your email? Okay, cool, I'm going to send you a project proposal template. This covers everything from project timeline, budget, um, you know, team involvement, uh, you know, team communication list, milestone list, project timeline. I'm giving you the entire fucking recipe. Here, fill it out. But yo, bro, see, I don't know, fam, like, yo, you know what I mean, fam? Like, yo, how'd you do this? It's like, yo, fam, I did this. I filled this out. I plugged it in with my resources and network, and I made this happen. Go do it. But no, fam, I can't. It's like, yo, you know what I mean? Like, yo, you want me to fucking go do the event for you that's and give you the money? What they want. Yeah, yeah, it's like, bro, exactly and that, bro, what they the, want. that's the biggest thing when I started seeing real success. Bro, I get calls like every day almost. Yo, fam, could you manage this event for me? Could you, like, I'll give you 60, 70%. It's like, bro, you think I want 60, 70% of like five dollars? I can like, do you know that, I mean? And I can do the 100% on my, on on my, my own. own. It's like, bro, 60% of what? You bro, know, it's not a thing. It's not, bro. And you gotta have it. Yeah, but you at the same time, you have to be ready to take a loss just when you see an opportunity. Absolutely. I would rather have 20% of a watermelon than 100% of a grape. You know what I mean? It's, but when people, like, yo, and I've lost a lot of friends like this too, bro, where it's like, yo, they see what you've done and you're doing for yourself and then they want that. Like, yo, fam, come do this for me. It's like, all right, pay me. Yo, bro, so you can't just do it, man? All right, I'll come out. I'll do it for a couple of times because you're my homie. You you held it down. I got you. You know, give you some consultation, yeah, yeah. help you out for a couple of weeks, and then you fall off. Yo, bro, so I need you to do this for me. What do you need me to do? Everything. Fuck you mean I need you to do everything for me to get your shit run, bro. Like, you go do it yourself, you know what I mean? It's like, fam, I can't do it like you. It's like, no, because you didn't put in the, the legwork. Because you're scared, man. Because you're scared. You didn't put in the, fam. Exactly. You know there's a 10-minute YouTube video for fucking anything in this world. Yes. And that's where I learned everything I know. Everything I have, I constructed, my time, my templates, my project designs, everything is based on what I learned. And people don't want to learn. It's true, bro. Shout out YouTube, man. The ultimate yeah. doctorate degree out here, you know? It's true, though, bro. They want guaranteed results. Hey, you're not guaranteed any results. I'm not guaranteed any results. Tomorrow's but like we're guaranteed. doing it. Yeah. And it's either you're going to risk it for the biscuit or not. Big facts, bro. Okay. Quick intermission. Kept the jackets on just for fun, man. Yeah, man. But yo, amazing conversation, bro. 100%. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah, man. I was looking forward to this shit. Yeah. And shout out Harry, man. Shout out HP. Yeah. Real legend. Set the shit up low-key. Yeah, he really Great did. Great guy, bro. Great guy. Um, So, yo, we talked about a lot of shit. What would you say a main takeaway, some, like a main gem you would want to kind of summarize this shit with? Honestly, man, I'm going to give a couple. That's cool. Please do. Number one, man, know yourself. Like, self-awareness is by far the most undervalued skill set in this world. If you know yourself, you know what you're good at, what you're bad at, your likes, your dislikes, your passions, you can use that to your benefit. Just know yourself, right? Do things that are in line with your moral compass, your true north. Definitely know yourself. And another thing I would say is know when to say no. That's been the biggest lesson for me this year. Um, learning when to say no to certain situations, opportunities, projects that aren't for you. That no will save you a lot of headache and time if you have the foresight to know how something will play out based on past experiences, interactions. That's a great one, man. If yeah. you don't know yourself, other people are going to tell you who you are, right? Exactly, and then you're going to play into it. Your own clay. 
right? Real shit, bro. Mold yourself daily. Mold yourself. Love that. Man. That's a great one. That's an excellent one, man. It's not easy to do. It takes content, constant work, practice, but consistency, it's consistency. Yeah, consistency all day, bro. Also, I see you um, showing a lot of love to Moonlight Moonlight yeah. Studios. Talk a little bit about that affiliation. Yeah, what kind of they do over there? So, man, shout out Moonlight. Um, shout out Sava, the owner. Like, yo, since the get goes, these guys have been nothing but helpful. The relation there started a couple years, no, a year back, a year and a bit, where they did lighting for my first show right massive success um second show even bigger success and then we kind of just stayed tapped in kept up with each other uh there was a posting they're looking for someone to do sales and manage bookings i'm like hey let me come and check this out and shit man that was like in august and now it's just everything's booming um okay sick it's pretty recent very recent actually it's very fresh too new experience new opportunity amazing and with you like if someone was watching this and was like Oh, man, I like what this guy does. How would they work with you? Like, what are some things you're open to working on? For sure, man. So some of the, the services I provide are creative project management. You know, you come to me with an idea, a budget. I'll use my plug-and-play resources, venues, uh, you know, DJs, entertainment, lighting, sound to make it happen for you with your budget. And then uh, basically just management in general. And then other things like we discussed, the merchandise, uh, cover arts, you know, art, graphic design, branding, logos, a lot of visual art stuff. And events, you know, definitely if you're an artist or creative, I'm working on my next big event. So, Nui Noir 3, it's going to be huge. Sick. It's coming up sooner than later. What was it called? Nui Noir 3. So, can I just break that down? I've done two of these so far. And basically what Nui Noir is, it means blackout night. It's a play on Nui Blanche. Yep. Um, This started when Nui Blanche wasn't going on because of COVID. And I took to it to myself to showcase local artists. And the first event was insane. I'm pretty sure there was like 600 people, 500 people packed out at the first one. Uh, middle of quarantine, you know, lock-off stages. Um, <clears throat> and uh, afterwards, same thing. So it's really just an idea, right? And a real leader uses these ideas, and a real leader makes everyone around them better. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Exactly. Yeah. Take Maybe take most of the hits. 100%. But hold it down. Yeah. This whole, like, mentality of, like, bosses, boss this, but I don't believe it. It's leaders, not bosses, right? A leader knows when to lead, when to fall back. A leader knows that they're going to get paid last. They're going to have to make do the most because you got to take care of your people. Exactly, bro. A leader is the one knowing that I'm going to probably get the least credit potentially. Yeah, and that's okay because get it. the the reason you're doing something, the purpose behind it is greater than you. And that's what fuels you, right? Keeps you going. It's a, exactly greater good. 100%. Love that, bro. And actually, one other question I was meaning to ask you. Yeah. So you used to mention something in the interview. You didn't really fuck with music too much till nah. like later in yeah. high school. But I see you posting some good. You got good music taste, bro. UK Rhyme, rap. I you I have the craziest play. Paper. Yeah, Potter paper's Holy that guy. Come man. on, man. That's a super like underground. Vibe. UK drill and like UK music is literally poetry to me. Like what they say, so the subject good. matter and how they the the rhyme structure is poetry. So I study it. And honestly, like I have crazy music now because I spent time developing the taste and making playlists. So tap in for some of them. Hell yeah, yeah man. I, and especially UK is a very Toronto, I think. Like, yeah, there's always 100%. been like a pipeline. So to see uh, like Potter, Paper, and I think you I posted uh, Young's Teflon, maybe? Yeah. Those art, are hard, bro. bro. Art ads, uh, Young ads, like all these young guys. Ads, sick. I, I listen to them on a daily, man. That's good. So, yeah. who, who would you say is your favorite UK artist? Oh, that's so tough, man. I'd say it's a, a tie definitely between, no, it's probably Potter Paper by far. Art. Then I'd say Quen Face is up there. You got Low Ski, Digga D. Then you have, you know, your Clavish, your Fredo. Fredo's up there for me, too. Um, you know, all these guys, Heady One, Abra. 
man. Like I'm, I'm more top in the UK than I am out here. It's crazy. Like There's you know, you could tell me like Chris Brown dropped the album, and I'd be like, okay. And, like you tell me like a, nobody in the UK is dropping a single. I'm like, all right, I'm on that. Facts. Bro, I'm not, I don't think that's a Chris Brown. It's just like not, not my cup of tea. You know I mean, yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, some bangers though. Into the mainstream, yeah. like too much. But like, yeah, some yeah. UK bangers. I relate to it too. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I feel like they all have that kind of like underdog yeah. mentality in a way. Hundred percent. UK. I don't. No one in the states fucks with us. So yeah, you know we're gonna. Yeah. Yeah, man. Blade Brown. Oh hell, yo, K Trap, Blade Brown. I'd say Blade Do Road. My work rate. Yeah. Hard, bro. That yeah. Though, that shit is hard because yeah. you, yo, they're making money. Yeah. And yo, Nico and yo, Needle and B. Yo, mm. Yeah, biggest in the UK. There's some amazing UK artists. It's crazy. Man. Yeah, so underrated. Yes, I agree, bro. I was happy to see that you were fucking with that 100%, too. Hundred man. It's for years now. For years. Bangers. So, yo, any uh, like any projects you want to plug? Anything yeah. you? Floor is yours, bro. Your IG, all that shit. Yes, yo, IG Mehusta.art. Um, my website for my creative portfolio www.mehusta.art. Um, TikTok is just Mehus. I have a lot of cool stuff coming to TikTok and IG for sure. Um, I have a, a poetry project I'm working on. It's going to be heavily based on visuals as well as a couple of events and an art gallery I'm doing for my work. Um, I kind of just tapped more into doing merch management now. Um, I have a lot of cool stuff coming away, uh, out with local artists, um, you know, with local companies, brands. Just stay on the lookout. Um, was just, the fourth quarter push is going to be insane. Uh, in 2023, is going to be that year. appreciate you having me on, man. My guy, Mayhoos. Fire conversation, yeah, bro. I think, uh, I think a lot of people will like this type of stuff. Hope so. Real shit only. Yeah, authenticity. Authenticity. Not approval. No. Authenticity. Fuck approval, man. Yeah. <laughs> Love that, man. Mayhus, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you having me, man. vigilante. You know what it is. A lot of bangers coming. Keep an eye out. We're out here, man. Let's get it, man. Gang, gang.